This episode of the Boss Rush Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn more about Boss Rush Media's family of podcasts, head on over to bossrushmedia.com or patreon.com slash bossrushmedia. Thanks for your continued support. Everybody, welcome back to the Boss Rush Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Derrigan. Alongside me, as always, is PC Muscle Race himself, Laron Dawkins. Hey, what's poppin'? Hi, Laron. Hey, Corey. How, how many nits does your screen have, Laron? My screen? <laughs> Hold on, I will tell you, because this is a brand new monitor and I should know this. Oh, boy. Also joining us <laughs> is the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov. <laughs> <laughs> Buongiorno. She busted out the Red Bull tonight. Oh, it's already gone. Just chug that. Well, I mean, I've been sipping on it for the last half hour, so I gotta make this uh, last. Come on. It's fair. Speaking of sipping, also here is PK Power Pat Klein. Well, I would have also taken things that gotta last. I don't well, know. You're, you're sipping a fine glass of Pat Klein. Oh! I'm so proud of myself for that. You know what? I will give you points for that. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of points, how's everybody? Aged like uh, a fine, fine wine. Oh, boy. All right, so, Corey, you ready for the answer to this question? Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, my monitor, which uh, which is the, um, the Samsung... Uh, the Samsung... Uh, Odyssey Neo 9G uh, Neo 9G oh, I'm sorry the Odyssey Neo G9 I'm sorry uh, has a peak brightness of 2000 nits it's mm. mm. a lot of nits which means at nighttime it's fucking bright yeah Woo. well bright it took me I've had this monitor for two weeks now it took me all two weeks to get used to the brightness of this thing like now, I just keep this. Now I just keep this monitor in permanent HDR mode, hmm. and just um let and just let Windows decide when it needs to like use all that brightness. Hmm. Smart. So you can play Resident Evil Four on that thing and maybe actually see where you're going. Oh, I always cheat on that. Whenever I notice, whenever I notice a game is not properly well, properly lit is um is subjective. Whenever I notice that though. The first thing I do is I go right to the brightness settings and the options, whether it's on the HDR mode or whether it's just right up in the um, display. Display. And I usually bump it up because you know how like, the thing says, like you know, adjust it to like you can barely see the emblem or whatever it's showing. Mm-hmm. I never, I never put it down to where I barely see it. Not in no. game. No, I, <laughs> I, I, game. I bump it up almost to the highest setting too, but before it becomes too whitewashed. Okay, no, that's that's washed out. <laughs> yeah. Usually for uh, semi-spooky games, like when I played Alan Wake, that game was super dark, so I turned the brightness all the way up. It was. Uh, I had to. I had to jack up the brightness for uh, Alien Isolation, which, by the way, that game still fucks with me. And I played that game two years ago in October. Yeah, I uh, still couldn't. By see the way, that. by the way, y'all been fucking around playing all these damn scary games. Why the fuck aren't y'all playing Alien Isolation? I played one scary game, sir. Thank you. And it wasn't Why are scary. Up? What's the scary game? Which one? Alan well, Wake. Well, people keep telling me that Alan Wake is a scary game. I'm like, no. It is not. I'm like, no, it's a dumb game. 
All right, we all right. Didn't say it was scary. We said it's a thriller. Corey, slide no, into I'm the not, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about right. other people. When I told oh, them, oh, scary to me for two like, seconds. Corey, they're like, slide, you're playing a horror game. I'm like, no, I'm playing a cheap uh, Twin Peaks ripoff. All right, so what I'm gonna need you to do is slide into my DMs later and give me all the names of the people who said this, so I can I can verbally accost them online. I will do that. A scary game. Alien Isolation is a scary game. Dead Space One, Two, Three, and Remake are scary games. Uh, Resident Evil One and Two are scary games. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, Silent Hill One and Two, and to, to the most part, Three. Four too. Are scary games. I would huh? throw four. Four was scary because you went against ghosts, and those guys didn't die. You had to fucking pin them down to the ground with a sword to keep them from haunting you. Hell, the medium is scarier. Then Alan Wake. Yeah, I didn't think Alan Wake was very scary at all. It was just dark. So, and in my opinion, the medium was just tame. I don't. I didn't play the medium. The medium? It was. It was pretty spooky. I mean, spooky. if you're talking the about the monster like, wants um, to wear you like a skin suit. Oh, the maw. The maw terrified <laughs> me. And like, there were certain scenes in that hotel resort. It was pretty, just bone chilling so maybe it's not scary in a sense like there's no like real crazy jump scares but the level of psychological horror is what did it in for me i think uh i think the last uh game that was considered horror that i actually played was bloodborne it is it's not under a horror. The i know i didn't think it was but it's under the category of horror so no, it's gothic horror like just more like the monsters you fight, but like in terms of actually being spooky, not at all. Just how spooky and how much you like the game when you finally get good at it. Why are we all silent? So Why do you get so quiet just now? I know. I'm yeah. like, did I miss something? <laughs> my entire my entire screen froze, and I was waiting for it to come back. Okay, <laughs> we're all like. <laughs> all right. Now all that right. was now that was genuinely scary. Ah. Um. Uh. Anyways, speaking of speaking of video games, horror games, not necessarily, but some of us maybe. Um, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I'm going to go first because I can. I finished the main campaign of Spider-Man Remastered. Very nice. Yeah, it was good. What did you, did, did you cry? No. The whole game's been spoiled. God damn it, he's frozen again. I am? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no. froze this time. Oh, well. Uh, I ask you a question, and then you don't say something for like three seconds. I, somebody didn't, somebody you, didn't reboot the router. I don't, I'm not going to do that every time. Uh, my internet speed says it's uh, where it's supposed to be, because I checked it when I, you all froze the last time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that might be a you problem. <laughs> no, I, I literally tested it just now <laughs> if all three of us can see each other talking and you're the only one that's not moving that's that's probably you well then it's a zencaster problem <laughs> that could uh, be it too i see oh no stephanie's moving never mind i i did not <laughs> cry at the end because the game has been spoiled for me so for so long and you know so 
Uh, but it was good. It was it was it was good. So I am going to play the DLC, which I think is like six or eight hours or something. I can probably do it in a few nights. Uh, so I played that, and uh, that's it. I thought the uh, the final boss fight in that game was not great, but it was, it was good. I enjoyed the character interaction. I enjoyed these versions of the characters. Uh, I don't like the MJ stealth scenes uh, or the Miles stealth scenes. They are pretty uh, bland, but you know, other than that, it was good. It was enjoyable. Uh, I I would say in terms of PlayStation's kind of exclusive echelon of games, uh, you know, you kind of think of like people put like, you know, Naughty Dog games and God of War and Horizon in like the top tier. I would say this is probably the bottom of top tier PlayStation exclusives. It's super polished. You know, the gameplay is super fun. Uh, the voice acting is great. Uh and Insomniac's always super consistent, so... Uh, Hold on a second. Hold mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Put this in perspective, because you're playing this game now in 2023. Put it in perspective of where the PS4 was at in, in 2018. Yeah, it was chugging a lot on these new games. Think, <laughs> and, think of, and think of all these... And think, I'm talking the PS4 Pro, doofus. Don't, uh, don't, I had a PS4 don't, Pro. Don't, don't, don't be that way. I had it. Okay, hold on, hold on, because I played, I played Spider Man, I played Spider Man on the PS4 base system, and I didn't have any problems. <laughs> so you're telling me it was chugging on the Pro? Uh, yeah. <laughs> At least when I played it, it did. That means your PlayStation was acting a fool. <laughs> Probably. I've never had a PlayStation console that didn't break at one point or another. Oh. I'm so, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and it's not like and it's not like I'm just like you know like just being one of those one of those uh one of those Sony ponies as they like to call them. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I've had I had PS ones that you know like <laughs> went put on me. I've had PS twos, PS three, a PS four kind of wanted to start, but it was more like the disc drive. <laughs> yeah, well, um, my PlayStation four original started sounding like a jet engine when I would play you know stuff like destiny and stuff so i uh traded it in before it broke and then my playstation 4 pro i just i hadn't played it in forever so i just got rid of it but it was actually my ps4 my ps4's fan used to used to ramp up too like it was noticeable and as a matter of fact my place the playstation 4 was the first system i noticed that actually made my bedroom hot yeah the first console yeah my pro the fan started clicking so that was interesting to hear and then you know yeah. Uh, All right, but but anyway, so you're telling me, so you're telling me that Spider-Man in 2018 was a mediocre game. For me, yeah, I, I didn't say it was mediocre. I said it was. Oh, for you? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I felt like I played that game before, and I still feel that way. I well, still yeah, feel because like, like all those other Activision Spider-Man games come came out. You know, yeah. The one thing I've been playing this Sp- game since PS2, since Spider-Man 2 came out. <laughs> The one thing Spider-Man, the one thing uh, Insomniac, um, yeah, the one thing Insomniac Spider-Man did was it revolutionized the swinging because the swinging always felt kind of just, just just kind of a thing, but they made the they made this they made this web swing mechanic so organic. Combat is combat is freaking stellar in this game, you know. And these are from the people who these are from the people who make um, 
This is the Ratchet and Clank team, yeah. So they mm-hmm. got very they got very creative with Spider-Man's weapons and stuff like that. You know, we saw stuff that mm-hmm. technically we hadn't even seen in the comic books, let alone the damn movies. All like all like seventeen of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What I mean, else? The, the uh, combat was very Arkham Asylum to me. Okay, yeah, yeah it, I, can give you, I can give you that. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's not to say it wasn't enjoyable. I just, I feel like they're like, this game is like a combination of a lot of things that I played before, but that's a lot of games these days. Right. I mean, I mean, Picasso said the best best artists copy other artists. So, you know what I mean? I was still a bit of a PlayStation gamer back in 2018. And then, and I guess, and I will say Marvel Spider-Man was one of the best PlayStation games I played that year. And this is including God of War and, um, what, uh, God of War was uh, it's, Red it's, Dead it's, was the other one. Who? who? Red, Red Dead. Dead came out that year too. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was thinking. I was thinking more PlayStation exclusives. Uh, yeah, because, I, I was because, thinking because, Game of the Year wise. Because I'm kind of sticking. I'm kind of sticking with Corey's. Uh, with Corey's like line of. Uh, he's like. He was like. It, it was bottom tier PlayStation game. Yeah. Also, I mean, for me though, like I think Spider Man is way more enjoyable than God of War. I think. Uh-huh. It, I, think it, I think that. So, Insomniac so nails. So you're traver- basically saying God of War 2018 is the floor, while in Spider Man is above it. Well, I'm saying in terms of the way people think about things, mixed with my opinion. So, I mean, God of War is super polished and super. You know, it tells a you know a story that people enjoy, and people enjoyed that game. But like, for in terms of personal preference, Spider Man is better. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, also, God of War was another game that chugged on the PS4 Pro for me. So, <laughs> well, yeah, um, well, yeah, God of War, God of War. I'm trying to think. Spider Man did not have HDR, have an HDR mode, but God of War did. So, yeah, yeah God of War was actually going to put the PlayStation Four through its paces compared to Spider. Yeah, but it turns it off if your TV doesn't ha- handle HDR. Yeah, true. Oh, your TV. You didn't have an HDR television at the time uh-uh. when you were playing God of War? I okay. still don't play games on an HDR TV. This TV I have in my office is like 15 years old. Man, get ready for an experience when you do get an HDR television. I, like, I mean, I have I have one. It's in the living room, but I mm-hmm. play my games in my office because, you know, while we do this or while I'm playing games, my wife watches her shows on TV. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want I, I I did not mean to like break you break into your break into what you were saying. I, I I was just really curious like where you were coming from when you says bottom tier. That's all. No, I mean like and it's not it, it's not me even like trying to defend the game. I just think like out of all the stuff that came out, didn't Ghost of Tsushima come out that year too, or did it came out the year before? No, it came out. No, it came a year after. Oh, it came out a year after. Okay, right yeah. after the last of us. What what else? Here here's what I mean though when I mean bottom tier i mean i mean like if you're going to put like here are the elite playstation games at the top here are like you know the good slash decent playstation exclusives and then there's like a bottom tier of playstation exclusives like i don't know i know a lot of people think concrete genie and the last guardian are kind of like bottom tier exclusives i'm saying spider-man is in the elite category but like it's the probably the floor in terms of like it's like the production worst of and, the best. Worst yeah. of the best. Still a yeah. best. Yeah. Because I will say, I will say, because let's see, we've had, we had God of War in 2018. We had mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Detroit mm-hmm. Become Human, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Dreams, Days Gone, MLB The Show 18, and Concrete Genie. Out of all those games, I would say like all of them get laid to dust compared to Detroit Become Human. Hmm. I've not yeah, Days Detroit. Gone was pretty awesome. Uh, Detroit was an experience, but I like those type of games, like storyboard type games. I love those games, and Detroit is I think the most interactive of all those uh, of all those storyboard games. Because I mean, like Life is Strange is good. Um, it, it is good. Um, you know what else? Um, uh, what was the game I just played? Um, the the fucking Xbox exclusive for for a while. Tell um, me why? Uh, huh? Tell me why? No, 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 no. Because tell me why is also by the um by the uh, uh the, the 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 Life is Strange team. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, as Dusk Falls, as Dusk Falls could have been better, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Games in those veins, you know, stuff like that. But I would say, out of all those games, the one that uh, came out in twenty eighteen that were first party exclusives for Sony, or at least exclusives for Sony, uh, I would say Detroit Become Become Human was the number one game in my in in my um retrospect. Yeah, I mean, it's all about what you prefer, right? So, I mean, you could say that, and but at the end of the day, like these games are all. Oh shit! Horizon came out that year too, right? No, that came out in 2017 because it came out the same day as Zelda. Okay. And okay. Then everybody forgot right. about it for like six months. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, man. Poor Horizon. That series can't catch a break. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm about to head into the DLC and into uh, Miles Morales, which I hear is the superior game. No pun intended, I guess. I, Miles yeah, Morales? I, I, can, I, can, yeah. I, I can attest for that. Like, they, like, it was like, it was like Insomniac. I want to say Insomniac played it safe with Spider-Man and flexed with with Miles Morales. Yeah, the thing the thing too with Spider-Man is like, I felt like things were just being dragged along for like fifteen hours, and then like, you know, some things kind of start happening, but then the last like two hours are super rushed. I'm like, you couldn't have spread this out over like the course of the game, like some of the boss fights and some of the encounters at the end. They were all kind of like smushed together. <laughs> Uh, and it was, I was like, oh, like, why couldn't I have fought Rhino 10 hours in and then Scorpion 13 hours in and, the, you know, and then Vulture and then, you know, whatever. It just felt like everything was kind of smushed into the last half of that third act. And, and you know, it kind of, I, I'm like, well, these characters, like, if you read the dossiers on the characters, it's like, these characters are super interesting. Why can't we explore some of these stories and then fight them, right? Like, Rhino is stuck in his giant rhino robot suit, right? Or, you know, Vulture has spinal cancer. And, like, why can't we go into some of these stories and figure out why they're doing the things they're doing? And it just kind of felt like the boss fights were kind of just all smushed together with no real, no real introduction, I, I guess. I get, what, I get what you're saying, but, you know, like, with, uh, with all the Spider-Man material that's come out before, you know, yeah. and stuff like that, Vulture was already a villain in, in one of the Activision games. Um, so is Doc, so is Doc Ock. So is Sandman. You know, I know, I know, I know um, all that. But they like... want that's why they introduced like what Mister Negative. That's why mm-hmm. they introduced yeah. him. They needed a brand, they needed a brand new like original villain for Spider Man. Just like just like in when you play Miles Morales, the villain for that is a brand new original villain. Right, but when they did that for like they did this for Shocker though, where like. You fought him. You fought him like a little bit, right? And then yeah, you fight him again in the bank, and then he ends up telling you that he owes a he has a, a what some like a gambling problem, and he he needs to pay his debts to like 
or maybe he's like needs to pay his debts to like the mob or Fisk or something. I can't remember. It was it was yeah, he had someone that was going to kill him. Loyalty to Fisk. It was a loyalty to Fisk. Yeah, but also, but also, he was being mind controlled. So I just I wish there would have been a little bit more of that with the other characters. Is all I'm saying. So, but anyway, Spider Man, good. Probably should play it if you're into Spider Man or good games. I don't have another I don't have any other game to talk about though. That was that's all I've been playing. I've been trying to rush through these games to like Yeah, I'm I'm also trying to rush through these games cuz I'm also playing Spider-Man Remastered and I am and uh and uh either I misheard information or somebody lied to me because there are 12 marker statues that I have to get in Dead Space remake to get the ending. And I was there thinking, "Woohoo, I got I got the fourth one." So you know like I'm 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 scot free. I can do whatever the hell I want. Nope, <laughs> I still have eight more to find. So yeah, that's 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 my that's my thing. You know, um, I'm playing a couple of games that are still under review embargo, and I'm also playing a game that I really shouldn't be talking about. But I'll give you a hint: it's a it's a long running franchise, and the um and the um and the and the main guy says, "Let's go." Nice. Hmm. Don't worry. By the time this episode is published, the game will be out. <laughs> Well, that's Stephanie. That's actually pretty cool. I didn't know we got codes uh, from Nintendo. I don't think we do. Yeah, I, I got. Yeah, I got a code from Nintendo. <laughs> no, you didn't. You emulated it. Ryan getting a code from Nintendo. I would shit myself. Hey, you, uh, hey, you, Pat, you want the code? I, I, I got one to share. <laughs> <laughs> if it's true, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Stephanie, uh, what are you playing? Sure. So playing in some show and tell. Well, I'll start with what I'm playing because technically I really only managed one-ish because I didn't get to my one where the embargo ends on Friday in time for tonight because work kicked my butt. I, Stupid work. Yeah. I finally beat Resident Evil 2 Remake. Woo-hoo! Nice. Wait, did you beat both both campaigns? Hell no. Oh, you didn't beat the game then. I'm sorry, you no, did not beat the no, game. No. Who's whose campaign did you beat? Did you beat Leon's campaign or you beat Claire's Leon, campaign? Leon. Okay. Okay. Which I, I'm gonna say this right now. Claire's campaign is the stronger campaign. I'm gonna say that right now. And and um and uh that Mr. X guy doesn't dog you down as much as in Claire's campaign as he does in Leon's campaign. Wait, Claire A campaign or Claire B campaign? I don't yeah, think there's an A Claire, and B campaign. There's there just, isn't they're, it. They're, they're, huh? The A and B side. The second side is always considered B, and so it's uh, more a little more difficult and um, yeah. takes place Wait, like, yeah. The yeah, second so- one is like a B. Like you're coming into the police station from a different angle, mm-hmm. uh, for one, and then Mister X starts chasing you almost immediately when yeah. you're in there. So I think you mean if you start off as Claire, the A side. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I'm. Uh, this will be something that I'll maybe play a campaign like every Halloween going forward. But for me, as one of the biggest wussies on this panel, the fact that I got through a single ca- full campaign, I am proud of myself. I chose Leon just because I like looking at him. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, it took me a while to get used to the spooks. I tried to keep the lights off and I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I had to turn all the lights on. Um, but after I kind of got used to the spoop spooks, um, 
I was I was fine. I mean, the whole Mr. X thing was anxiety riddling. <laughs> I bet it was. I, I really did hate it. But again, I got used to it. The only thing that I just refused to do was I, I just I get anxious. I, I need to keep moving. So I, I didn't get to get every single item in all the rooms just because it was just wait. So you're so wait, you're going to wait till you're going to wait till October next year to play the second half of Resident Evil 2? Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm just saying. I don't know. I, do I the... think you're ready for Resident Evil 3 now. That That's no. just like Mr. X, but this time he has a flamethrower or a rocket launcher. And tentacle you know arms. I will say this. I will say this. Nemesis is the best tyrant. Nemesis is the best tyrant. Yes, he is. Well, best boy. Yeah. Mr. X, Mr. X is like the chill tyrant. The <laughs> He's next, a cool tyrant. The next Resident Evil game... I want to play is Resident Evil Village, so I, I want to move on. Um, you gotta play seven you though first. Wait, wait, you no, wait, you can't. No. Play, you can't. <laughs> wait, you can't. You can't play Village. You can't play Village unless you play Resident Evil Five and Resident Evil Seven first. You have to play those before. If you play, uh, you, you don't need Village, five as much. I don't. You kind of sort of. You I watched a do. Let's Play of Seven, mm-hmm. so I do not need to play it myself. So I know what happens. I refuse okay. to play okay. it because it's in first person. I cannot do first person mm-hmm. horror. I cannot do first person horror. I cannot do first person horror. Resident even Resident Evil Village wasn't even an option until they released that update where you could play as third person. And I'm like, okay, now I can play it because I can see my character get his face ripped off, but it's not my face; it's his. Actually, face. you can't. Actually, you still can't see Ethan's face well, in the in the third person. You see mode. a character that's clearly not me, <laughs> so I can detach myself further from the horror. Uh, I don't know. I heard the cutscenes are still in first person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Any anyway, <laughs> that's where the jump scares are. Corey, you're a, you're a weenie too. Can you give me a little bit of props for beating Resident Evil Two? Yep. Or at least it, I gave you props. Hold, I, on, hold, on, hold on, pause, pause. Right, yeah. The only thing, the Resident only thing Evil I'm going to say, the only thing I'm going to say about this is play these games the way they were originally intended to be played. If the game, if the game released in a first person mode, dude, don't come on. I would love to have played Alien Isolation in a third person perspective. It doesn't matter, though, because as soon as the Xenomorph sees you, you are dead. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Listen, the fact that I was able to play any Resident Evil game, it's either that or I'm not playing them at all. Okay? So. I I would rather... I So here's the thing. I actually don't really care for first-person games except for Destiny and Halo. <laughs> like, if I, could, if I could play every game in third person, I totally would. I'm the same way. So yeah, There's something oh. about Elder Scrolls and Fallout that you need to play it in uh, first person. That's why I don't but play those games, Pat. Adventure-y. I just, horror first person, I just, I can't do. But um, I, I just, I, I, I was just really impressed by because, you know, I have saw what the original Resident Evil 2 looked like just through research and stuff, and then experiencing Resident Evil 2 Remake, I was very thoroughly impressed with the graphics, uh, the, the movement, um, the sound. I feel like that, is, and I, I've heard people say it, but now, now that i played it, I can actually agree that this is a prime example of how a remake should be done. Like, I thought it was very well done. Thank you! Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Thank you! So, yeah. Good, good on that. Yeah, all I'm gonna say is hurry up and play. Hurry up and play Claire's campaign because you're not getting the full story. You're not. It's true. Yeah, I know. You're, you're not. Hers like, has you're the not. You got girl in it. Yep. Yeah. Little Birkins. Yeah. Which that. Which that is the which. 
which that's where you actually learn about like more about the outbreak than anything else. Like, yeah, what Ada, what, what Ada told like Leon, you know, like in the bottom of the police station and stuff. Yeah, that kind of gave you something, but no, that's that's like skimming the top of the iceberg. I I, I will at some point definitely do that. Um, and then last but not least, show and tell. <laughs> Um, I got a handheld history, another coffee table book, but it's really cool. It has, well, the history of handheld games, but it goes all the way up to the Steam Deck, which is very impressive. So it has the pocket, analog pocket in the Steam Deck. And I want to show off, so I hope even listeners will eventually watch on YouTube. This is the beautiful analog pocket that came into the mail today. Um, I have a sample. I was playing around with a couple games. That's why I say like I really only played Resident Evil 2 because I played literally minutes of a couple Game Boy games just to kind of get a feel of how it works. Um, I I really love the analog pocket, but I feel like I, I need to play it a little, play with it a little bit longer for me to kind of talk about this handheld more. But I will say that mm-hmm. it is backlit. It looks really great. Sounds great. It's like a, me reliving the Game Boy experience, but slightly elevated. And that's kind of what I was looking for. Nice. Are you going to buy the dock that you can plug it into the TV? That will be next. Yes. Are you going to attempt to get the adapter to play other games like the other old games? Probably not. I think I'll just stop here and then kind of enjoy the because the, I really only have the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. I don't really have anything else. Um, so, do you need the adapter for the advanced games or the advanced games to play? It, I don't think you should need an adapter for the advanced games. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I can play four swords by myself. Nice. The way you should. Because uh, people in other games, no. Fun ideas that Nintendo tried that never panned out. Remember the Pac Man game? That they, that... Pac Man versus. I had fun with that, actually. You had friends to play it with, though, didn't you? I did, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't have friends. Y'all, y'all, y'all some lonely people. Yep. We are. Very lonely. Yep. Let me introduce you to my friend. Sorry. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, that's just a guide. Damn. I was thinking that was a That's what you call for... Stranger Danger. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, I'm the last one here. Um, games that I have been playing, I finished Oxen Free 2. Mm. So, we can go ahead and do that uh, spoiler cast book club whenever now. I'm I'm up to up to snuff. You know, I, I gotta say I did enjoy the uh, the ending. I um, overall the characters did grow on me for the most part, except for Olivia. Olivia's a bitch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it was a very interesting game. I'm kind of curious to know how number one or how number two ruined number one. I think I might understand, but I haven't. Don't know really what number one is. I would say if you want to keep the happy enjoyment of this game, maybe you should not play one right away, at least. Although, maybe you should play number one because it's very good. My friend questioned why I even jump into two if I haven't played one. Hmm. It's like book club. Yeah, it's uh. Because Steph made me. 
Yeah, Steph. Mm-hmm. That's right. I can't always give Steph good uh, recommendations. I have to take one from her once in a while, too. I don't know. According to Corey, though, all my recommendations have been garbage. <laughs> what are your recommendations? Oxen I, I like Doc. I like Alan Doxen Wake. Free. I hated Alan Wake. See, <laughs> <laughs> it was primarily just Alan mm-hmm. Wake because you hate it so much. You talked about it on several podcasts several times. I That's did. right. It hurt my I heart. Did. Corey, but did you ever play I Stray? Just, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I did not play Stray. I don't have no. any interest. But it's gonna be on. Oh wait, isn't it's gonna be on? Not a game. It is on Game Pass, right? No, no. It's on sale right Just, now for twenty one ninety nine, though. That was a good game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Action Free is game thirty seven of forty. Three more to go, and two of those are definitely gonna be book club games. So, question is, what's gonna be number forty? Ooh, you should make it something special. Yeah. I want to, but I have like so many games that are like you know in the mix it's like can i focus on something when all this new stuff is coming out hmm. oh my. you should you should platinum uh dead or alive extreme beach volleyball i heard that's almost impossible no it's not it's uh hundreds and hundreds of hours from what i understood oh you'll be fine then see lots of gameplay <laughs> i have gamer adhd and i need to play other things <laughs> after like 100 hours Oh. Uh, speaking of other things I played, I picked up the new Sonic Superstars, Yay. the 2D game from uh, Sonic Team Sonic. Uh, supposed to bring back the nostalgia of the old style Sonic games from the Genesis, and let me tell you, it really captures those Genesis games. Almost, actually, not almost to a fault. Hmm. And I, I don't mean that in a positive light. Ooh, oh. rip. Yeah. I, I'm having trouble with Sonic. I'm finding it to be brutal, brutally difficult, which is strange because the fact that you don't have lives in this game, so you can die as many times as you want and you just reset at whatever checkpoint you're in. But I swear to God, like the, I swear that someone played the game Literally, it's like, what would the player do? And then drop enemies or like some stupid trap exactly like where the what the where the player would go. So if you like did like a long jump, there will be an enemy just like a step before you. So that when you land, you actually just touch the bad guy rather than jump on the bad guy or the bad guy will have spikes and hit you and knock you down all the way down to the bottom of the level and not where you're trying to go. It's. You know, it's got all those classic pitfalls that I would say the Genesis games had. So does it capture classic 2D Sonic? Very much so. Um, With that said, it is a very beautiful game. Like, the 2D graphics really fit well. Um, The controls... They're 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 all right, you know. That Sonic is usually hit or miss with controls, and these aren't particularly floaty as some other Sonics have been. Like Sonic Colors, in my opinion, was a very floaty Sonic. Um, but like the the game's got some weird ass physics. Like you could be maybe on like a fifteen degree angle and then jump, and your character will like immediately jump like as far as he can in the opposite direction of where you're trying to jump. 
Oh my god, that sounds like Sonic Four episode, Sonic the Hedgehog Four episode one. Like, yeah. <laughs> I I re- I reviewed that game and I gave it like I gave it like a four out of ten. Yeah, it's uh, it's I don't you know I gotta go back and I gotta play Generations of Mania again because I remember really liking those ones. I don't know what it is about this one, but I am just not having a good time. I plan on beating it, but I am just like miserable while playing this game. Maybe maybe one of the other characters would be a better suit for me. I'm going out as Sonic. This game you can play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, or Amy. And then there's a surprise fifth character once you beat the campaign. Ooh, surprise um, fifth character. Surprise fifth character. And then Metal you got... Sonic? Hmm? Is it Metal Sonic? No. I can't tell you that because then it wouldn't be a surprise. Probably Shadow maybe. the Hedgehog. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. But the, no, he didn't say no. No, his <laughs> Pat did not say no. <laughs> yeah, uh, the thing <laughs> is, like the fifth game, the fifth character, you're supposed to play through the fifth character, and then you get the true ending of the game. Uh, unlike all the other Sonic games, where you had to like collect the emeralds to get your true ending, you don't actually have to do that in this one. The emeralds are actually completely optional. Uh, one of the new features that this game does is that each emerald gives you a power up. So, like, you can find the blue emerald first, and that one like shoots off like multiple copies of whatever character you have, and they go like running up and hitting the bad guy. You know, just kind of all across the screen. Or the red one lets you do like bursts, um, like midair bursts, so you can jump charge and do a midair burst in a separate direction so it allows you to do some like verticality um uh, m- movements and there's like another one that's supposed to reveal hidden passages and i've only used that once and you know there's a couple more other abilities that these emeralds have that i haven't gotten yet but i will say that the levels that where you get the emeralds are a pain in the ass this, uh, this one is a bonus level where it requires you to grapple these like little blue orbs or these gold orbs which have rings. You have like rings and they are essentially a countdown. You can get more rings uh, or they count down a ring every second, but you can get more rings to keep this like timer going. And the goal is to swing and eventually get close enough to the emerald, which is moving around. Sometimes in erratic patterns, sometimes when you get close to it, it just seems to speed off somewhere. Like, it's just moving all around this weird open pit with all these orbs, and you're trying to catch up to it. And the sucky thing about these stupid orbs is that when you swing, you swing in the direction that you grab the orb. And the emerald is usually turning around in a separate direction. So it's like, Grab the thing, you're swinging, but the orb is going this way. And so now you're just swinging past the damn, you know, gem. It, it, it got, it's it's kind of annoying. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's getting decent reviews, but in my honesty, like, it's nostalgia, but it's also, like, too nostalgic. It, it's It brought too much of what, you know... It brought too much of the unrefined early Sonic problems with it. So it almost just relies too heavily on it, right? Yeah. It, like I said in the beginning, I feel like someone looked and it's like, oh, I think the player would do this. Let's put a pitfall or a trap right here 
so that the person just smacks into it and loses all their hard-earned rings. Also, the boss fights are pretty hard as well and can take a while. It's not just uh, hit Robotnik three times and then he blows up and runs away? It could be three times. It could be nine times. I don't know. It depends on the machine. And then the the opening chance that you have to hit him is a very small window. You know, I just looked up um, the developing team for this, uh, R-Zest. Mm-hmm. And um, they were responsible for that wonderful game, Ballin' Wonderworld. Oh, yeah! Yeah! Oh, there you go! There you go! That game was amazing. Game of the year. Uh, oh, you mean the game? You mean the game that made Yuji Naka actually commit like fucking uh, <laughs> insider trading? Uh, insider trading <laughs> twice, <Yeah>. twice. <laughs> yeah, uh, smart yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like the more you know, right? Yep. Um, Other than that, it's more Assassin's Creed. I'm getting better. I'm enjoying the game more now that I've gotten some abilities. Uh, to go along with my stealth thing. Makes it a little more fun to assassinate people. And also uh, Detective Pikachu is I'm I'm enjoying it. It's nice. It's chill. It's a good bedtime game. Nice. Damn those reviews. I yeah. think it's a stellar game. I mean, that's you know, gotta play it for yourself to form your own opinion. Exactly. That's what I say. Well, I, I've said my piece. Sonic, if you like that, go for it. I'm not enjoying it. I will probably beat it because I'm not going to let the game beat me, even though I think it did. I will, let, I will let those games beat me. Like, like if, it, if it's a shit game, like, guess what? I'm going to stop playing you. <laughs> All I have is my pride as a gamer. I have Your to win. Your pride as a gamer. So it's, uh, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Yeah, I should fold them. Maybe when uh, Mario and um, Spider-Man come out, I can toss this game over somewhere else and focus on those. What are you playing it on? Uh, Oh, I'm playing it on PlayStation 5. I wanted achievements. If you wanted achievements, you should have played it on Xbox. Ah! And trophies. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted uh, recognition for my good deeds and following the story progress. <laughs> you wanted that uh, those shame trophies for playing Sonic. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, Platinum uh, Frontiers when it came out. Yeah. That was a good Sonic. Man, you talking about this game makes me not want to get it. Not that I was going to get it right away anyway, but I'm just like, Meh. $60, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Don't worry, it'll be like It'll be like, how much is Sonic Frontiers on Switch right now? Like ten bucks, some most of the time on sale. <laughs> I would say it's like thirty. When it's on sale, it's probably closer to twenty. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Mania, though, that was a gem. That was good. Uh, I kind of want to go back and again figure out why Sonic Mania feels better than Sonic uh, Superstars. Yeah, man. There's just something about. I don't understand why Sonic games are just mediocre at best all the time. I don't understand why they can't get that right. I mean, not that Sonic like Sonic Mania was Sonic Mania was made by fans, and I know. that's <laughs> and that's 
and that's what and that's you know like the magic was the magic was captured you know yeah. it's honestly it's honestly the same reason why we always say like you know like some some of our franchises they go right Corey, mm-hmm. you would love to be able to like advise on the next destiny game wouldn't you i mean sure. okay 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 stephanie would, you would love to advise for the next legend of zelda game wouldn't you I would love to what about the next Legend of Zelda game? She wasn't even paying attention. No, I heard it, but I didn't hear the verb. <laughs> Advice. Advice. For the next Legend of Zelda game, wouldn't you? Tell you them how you some, want to make it. You would love it. to have some input on, on, on development, wouldn't you? Me, um, uh, does it matter? <laughs> no. Let Zelda be the main character. Pat, Go here. back to more dungeon-focused hey, gameplay. Here. Here's what I'll Pat, tell you. You would Ron. love to advise for the for the uh, for the next Final Fantasy game, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would I got love ideas. to advise. I would love to advise for Monster Hunter Six. I would love I would love to have input and be like, hey, this is this is something that I that I believe like all those fans you know would just go nuts for. Well, see, Ron, like that. that's why I had a hard time responding because I don't have the confidence enough to be able to speak for Legend of Zelda. I just like Nintendo. You know what you're doing. Every time you try to rip my head off, off my fucking shoulders when I say something about Ocarina of Time, because that is my favorite game. That's all. (laughs) There you Uh, go. Just tell Nintendo make more Ocarina of Time. I'm pretty sure you've literally threatened to castrate me in in your mind. (laughs) Whenever I, whenever I start, uh, I do. I do tend to threaten the the nuts. That's my go-to. Right. Yeah. See, you would love Final Fantasy VII then. (laughs) <laughs> there's a whole argument in that game about how to you know crush nuts Perfect. here's the here Leron, here's the game i would actually i would actually like to have input on the next gear halo game. no the next oh gears, gears game. okay i thought it was gonna be halo no i don't care what happens to halo <laughs> you know i'm very curious of what your input would be how would you rectify how we the will end save of that gears for- five we will say, as a matter of fact, that is our going to be our topic for Bossers Podcast number two hundred six. What would we, what would we want to change in our favorite game series? So it's going to be Halo for you, Corey. No, nope. it'll be. Gears. I'm, I'm sorry, Gears. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gears. My bad. I, I, I know you said Gears like three times. And I still said Halo because I feel like with all the stuff you said about uh, what was it? Was it three hundred three? Three four three. Three four three. Thank you. Like that shows how much I care about Halo, with three four three and like all the stuff they've done wrong over the past few cycles of uh, of Halo and stuff like that. I thought I thought that would have been your game, if not Destiny. You know, the only Halo um, game I actually think is bad is Five. I Halo Four is like my my second favorite game in the series. I love Halo Four. So here, so here we go. Just uh, just uh, just go ahead and just 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 type it in the type it in the chat. Like you guys, type it in the chat for what game for what game we're gonna talk about next week. For what games will anybody's going to talk about next week? And there's a topic. Good topic, Laron. Yeah. How how many minutes will it take for us to forget this topic after we hang up from this call? Oh, we're, oh, we're, we're not going to forget because I'm going to hijack the doc. Okay. okay. Uh, speaking of hijacking, uh, let's get into some news. Uh, not really news, but just a topic, I guess. Uh, newsworthy topic. Uh, analog, which Stephanie just bought the analog pocket. Uh, is releasing the Analog 3D, a device that will allow players to play Nintendo 64 games, supposedly up to 4K. Uh, so this is that, that's kind of like the news bit, but also like, what do we think of these retro devices that lets us play our old games, and are they worth it? You know, especially like 
the like especially like N64 we had a we obviously gave Stephanie a little bit of a hard time with it but like also like the Nintendo 64 is an important console to a lot of people mm-hmm. including me so so I know uh, Luron has a lot to say about this and not even in a sassy way like he actually has a lot of helpful information but what I probably want to oh man I was preparing all this in my head um i my first comment though actually is about the company analog i'm surprised even though i was like all excited like ooh n64 i i'm i'm i don't have insight to their financials but i i mean their analog pocket really is still kind of newish like in recent years and I unless you guys know, I didn't think it this company was so successful that they're already so soon and working on the one for N sixty four, if that makes sense. Like I didn't realize this company was so successful. They're they're kind of pumping out all of these products, in my opinion, relatively soon. Or do you guys think this is not a small window of release released products? Um, well, given that the Unlocked Pocket came out, what, you got, you, you told me, what, like, 2021, 2022? Looks like the That's original. when they announced pre-orders, I think. Yeah. Oh, so this, oh, so, okay, mm-hmm. so this system is relatively new. Mm-hmm. Like, more than likely, they've already, they've been, by the time they perfected this and got it ready for pre-orders and stuff like that, they were already doing the research and development for, like, their next endeavor. Probably, but, like, wouldn't it be kind of a risky business decision because they can't, they are, they don't know how successful or unsuccessful, because imagine if, imagine, just in case, like, what if the analog pocket bombed, but they're already, like, 50% through R&D for the N64 one? Or does um, that? I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked that question, honestly, because like here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it, and I think this is kind of the thing that we kind of crusade on on the on on these shows. Um, we're all for game preservation, and as long as and as long as like you know emulators are going to be around, you know, and they're not going to get outlawed, you know, like the big end is not going to like squash every freaking like endeavor for uh for 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 emulators anywhere and stuff like that, you know, uh. There's going to be there's going to be people who are going to make emulation machines and stuff like that. So that's a wonderful question you asked there, Stephanie, because um because you guys know me, I'm all about I'm all about emulators. Like shit, my I bought a two terabyte like uh, SSD for my Steam Deck just to supplement my just to supplement my emulation library. And yes, I'm emulating everything under the damn sun that can be emulated right now, <laughs> as far as like traditional consoles go. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, as long as there's as long as like as long as the emulators are a thing that cannot be defeated, like and people and people actively seek them and want them. And here's the thing about it: like most people, like most people can like get do emulation for free. Most people can do emulation for like pennies on the dollar. Like I think you can grab a Raspberry Pi, a couple of things, and you can make your own emulator. It can play up to up to and including the Xbox 360 for less than a hundred dollars. You know. Um, you but know, is that really user friendly? It is. Me, well, meaning, well, like, can and a moron like me do that though? Like, for me, this is why I, I have to lean on stuff like this because I don't, I don't have the technical prowess to be to do so. Well, the thing about it, like, 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 you can literally go to YouTube and like check out like all the stuff it takes to like to like do these things. Some of these videos are not even like twenty minutes long, you know, and they're and they're very intuitive and stuff like that, you know, things like that. I think anybody with any level of knowledge, they can be they can be dunce cap level of knowledge can 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 take a Raspberry Pi kit and put it together, or at least just jump on their their. 
jump on their fucking Windows ninety five machine, download Mame, and get and get the running with like with like sixty well like sixty four megabytes of DDR RAM, like DDR one. We're on DDR five now. <laughs> yeah, like, but no, like, but going back, to, but going back to your question, as long as like as long as like emulators are a thing, and as long as people want to play like old games that are that you know for the most part are just like trouble and problematic to play in this day and age on like on like either their existing consoles let's look at it this way like nes games look like trash on like our modern televisions now like shoot uh you know like I'm... anything honestly anything pre anything before the ps2 and that's stretching it because ps2 and xbox games kind of look bad now on some of these tvs you know um but yeah but people just want to people just want to play like uh, play games that they grew up with or they love their stuff or even games they're doing research for like 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 stephanie i guarantee you stephanie's trying to go back and play every freaking zelda game under the sun you know that she's never played you know up uh, you know and there are a few out there i know there are stephanie i know there are that's uh, a good uh that's a good 2024 goal mm, yeah <laughs> play them all in order are you gonna play a cd are you gonna play a cdi game <laughs> games they don't count. there's two of them right they don't, they don't count, count. <laughs> They totally count. You guys can't have revisionist history. We can't. If us, they don't count because you can't find them readily available. Wad of Gamelon's the goat. Are you um? Are 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 you saying that on 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 a show where you've got a guy here that has every emulator on his on his rog ally? Wait, you can't um, find them legitimately. I will send you guys. A, I will send you guys a Dropbox link tomorrow morning. Well, I, I have another thing on emulation, but before that, I know Corey, you try to say something. So, what do you want to throw uh, throw into the ring here? Well, it doesn't make sense at this point in the conversation, but I was yes, just going to throw out that Analog has been doing these for years. They released the. They released an NES version of these. They released a Super Nintendo version of these. They released uh, mm-hmm. like a, a. They released a Genesis one, but they also released a, a six, like a six uh, console version and a four console version. Is the um, retcon analog, or is that someone else? I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, but I think a- analog has definitely been releasing, releasing. Uh, since the like an NES and an SNES version, and then this one, uh, and this is actually the second run of the Game Boy version. Uh, they don't keep finished. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say the original run was there was a silver one and a black one, uh, were the original run, which I really wanted that black one, but this must be a niche thing then because they mm-hmm. always have very limited quantities. Mm-hmm. And you know, pre-orders probably are what fund them to make it, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then going back to emulation, I guess the way I because I want to word it because I I personally have no judgments against anyone who who emulate. I I just don't care. Whatever, if you can emulate, emulate. But maybe the analog and I don't know other companies that do this. Maybe they're just trying to do the 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 right way. That's not steal. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't care but i'm just saying like maybe that's the market that they're trying to fill for the the no emulation way to preserve games the problem is though the problem is though like i feel like this is skirting really close because like nintendo just had a crackdown where they basically are making it hard now for you to get the kids to like um to uh, basically rip the games off of off the cartridges Uh like they just had a crackdown and and this tech and honestly this technology is like maybe like half a step from from where from where that is plus the fact that you know i feel like 
did they buy the patents? I, I'm just going to use the Nintendo Nintendo here for the rest of this conversation because we're we're rolling into the analog 64, the N64 on the on the, on the analog 4K. Or what are they going to call it? Um, did they get the patents? You know, to do this stuff from from Nintendo. I I, I feel like. I feel like either one of two things is happening here. Either uh, either Nintendo's looking the other way because uh, because like because they know like they're having the hardest time like emulating their own product on the Nintendo Switch online store. Um or they're in bed with these guys. Could the technology um, just be a, a slightly more different to the point where you know copyright isn't protected i would say uh, how, well but how 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 different how different can you be though because well, like because like i've seen people get shut down for i've seen people get shut down for stuff that's very similar but but not the same architecture well i think it's as long as it's like 10 percent different you know copyright can mm-hmm. plus if these consoles are over 20 years old and they haven't renewed the patent for them then they can do whatever mm-hmm. they want also because there are okay. there are retro boxes that use the insides of old NESs and stuff like literally use the old components and parts and stuff and they will either retrofit an HDMI port on the back or just do it as is with an adapter um so why is so so why did Nintendo shut down like Super Smash Brothers from uh Super Smash which 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 one from from being from being used at any emul- uh, from any um tournament now because they because wanted the, people to the, oh mm-hmm. Because the, like the, the GameCube is twenty-two years old. Because they uh, they want they wanted people to focus on the new game, and that was a couple years ago. At this point, there are still there are still Smash tournaments going on for that, but they're like community organized and stuff. They're not like mm-hmm. official. Oh yeah, they are. They they are now. Yeah, but you know, yeah. like, but before Nintendo was like, oh hey, this is a thing. Like you know, like they were like, nah, shut it down. Yeah. But they also sign an esports uh, agreement with what Panda something. I forget what the company's called, but you know, I'm, I'm they, not really sure who they are because I don't I really don't, care about I Smash Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. They do. They do Mario Kart, Splatoon, and Smash Brothers are the three games that they mm-hmm. kind of do. But uh, well, like I said, it's just, it's just all it's all fishy in my opinion. You know. Yeah. Before we. It, if, Oh, sorry. Continue, Laurent. Sorry, I didn't. No, know no, you. no. I was, I was, I was rambling about mm-hmm. it being fishy because I mean, because I actually, I actually read the article. Um, because uh, Christopher Tabor, he's the uh, CEO for uh, for Analog, mm-hmm. and um, and he and he pointed out some things which you know I kind of just kind of like, kind of like basically like like brought up, like you know um, uh, basically, uh, where is it? Where is it? I'm sorry. Um, okay, so. Tabor suggested that Nintendo can't do much better uh, with a problem with, with the problem problematic N64 software on an emulation front, which is why like why like you know like N64 for example like people really like this this sticks out like a sore thumb on NSO and stuff like that. You know like uh, like like the Nintendo 64 uh, Classic Goldeneye 007 on Switch Online is is like one of the roughest conversions ever. Like it's, 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 it, it's one of the worst ports. Uh, it's weighed down by issues with sound, music, graphic speed and bugs, even after an update came out for the game. And this is from the company that owns the original N64 hardware and software schematics and the code and stuff like that. So, you know, like if they're not sinking their own R and D into fixing, uh, into fixing it, which by the way, the, um, 
the GameCube release of um the GameCube release of Legends uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is lauded as one of the best uh like ports mm-hmm. of any game out there. The GameCube version. And I actually did some research. Like the like the team who did who they had to build an emulator from the ground up. And let's be honest with you, Nintendo does not want to do that for every game. Like they will do it for some games, like Legend of Zelda, for example, but they won't do it for every game, you know? Yeah, well, remember that was the big problem on the eShop was like Nintendo used an emulated version of Super Mario Brothers <laughs> because yes. they couldn't get theirs to run on their own emulator. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, it's, it's it's situations like that, which is why, which would, which basically brings me back to the question: How are they able? How how is analog going to be able to do this? You know, I understand like with the technology they're using. The um, what, what was that? What was that acronym? Crap. Oh. Oh, the F- FPGA, the Field Programmable yes. Gate Array System. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, um, basically for f- tech talk here with LeBron for uh, for a moment, like uh, FPGA uh, is a um, is, is something that c- it can be coded to recreate every single function, processing speed, and quirk of an older computer or game system, and then translate the results to modern TV signals. So basically, because everybody. Er- Everybody's screens is, is some form or another an LCD screen, you know, ex, you know, except for OLEDs because OLEDs is a different technology. But everything else is L, is LCDs. Uh, well, not just LEDs. L, I'm sorry, LCDs, LEDs, light emitting diodes for the most part. Even OLEDs, light emitting, but they're light emitting diodes, but they're organically uh, driven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and this is and this is and this is so like people will not have to go out and buy like some old antique ass fucking CRT television and stuff like that, you know. Uh, yes, you know what? We can't play. We can't play. We can't play video games, you know, on uh, you know PS2 and older, you know, on 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 new monitors and new TVs because of the lag and stuff like that. Trust me, like I learned my lesson the hard way trying to play my old music games, like rhythm games. Like that's mm-hmm. how you learn about timing. Because mm-hmm. your refresh rate, nobody's refresh rate is the same. Like, what, I don't care. You can have like two people can have a sixty hertz refresh um, like screen, and there's and there's some type of there's some type of difference in, in the um, in, in the lag and delay that each person will experience individually and stuff like that. You know, yeah. So that's the thing about it. You know, like, and yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us, we, we joke about it. Like, hey man, if I'm gonna play, if I'm gonna play Dance Dance Revolution Supernova. Um, I'm just gonna go buy. I'm just gonna go buy an old television from a pawn shop and hook my PlayStation back up. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, before we get into this actual device, what do you think about the the Mister, the emulating the emulator box that has? I don't know anything. I don't know anything about it. Oh, you should look it up. That seems like a device that's totally right up your alley, Leron. It can play. It it's made Bella? for. Is it M I S T R? Is that what? M I S T R. I think it is. Okay, M-I-S-T-R? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just like this emula- emulation box that's like, they send it out, They like, the box gets updates. Uh, it's It has a Patreon. Or it's ER. It's ER. Is it? Okay. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't sure. Uh, but it's like an emulation box that, like, they can send updates and new kind of, you know, emulation packages. They're, the one they're working on right now is Sega Saturn, and they've got it pretty decent like a Sega Saturn emulation pretty decent, which is like one of the hardest consoles to emulate at this point. It is one. Trust me. It is one of the hardest ones. Yeah. So I just didn't know if you knew anything about it, but you should, you should look into um, that. Actually, I have heard about, oh yeah, I have heard about this. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of cool. Cause it's like, it's like a board sitting on top of a board on top of another board. It's, it's actually pretty cool. I've, I've seen yeah. it before. I just didn't recognize the name. 
Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you, uh, because like your original question was about like about like just emulation like boxes and stuff like that. Like back at the beginning of the of the, of the segment. Um, I'll be honest with you. Like I never really, me personally, I never really like got into them. You know, mm-hmm. um, because in all honesty, everyone. I'm kind of one of those people where, where you know, like with the way emulators are on PC and stuff like that, I'm one of those people, I want to play all the games. And, you know, like each one of these have their limitations. Like each one of them only like emulates certain certain types of games or certain brands of games or even certain like certain like like eras of games and stuff like that. They don't play, they don't play at all, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And yeah, it's true. Like not every emulator is on PC is also is also capable of doing, they're, they're getting better and stuff like that. But I'll put it like this, like, uh, you know, like we don't we don't really need emulation for modern for modern consoles. It's nice that we do have them. You know, I'm looking at all I'm looking at uh, Yuzu and um, and Ryujinx, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice that we do have them. You know, but we don't need we don't need emulation for modern consoles, in my opinion. We just need we just need emulation for the stuff that's past that's hard to find. And you know, I just I just found that a Wii U was sold this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sold mm-hmm. one one Wii U hit the NPD sales. <laughs> Yeah, I was is... I was amazed. I wonder how did it go for MSRP or you know like how much did it sell for? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It, it was sold out of a retail store. So I'm so what is what is the uh, actual like 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 ticket price right now for a Wii U? Oh, you can you can get well. This was as of last year, but you could get Wii U bundles from GameStop or even refurbished ones from Nintendo for less than two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they're okay. I'm sure they have. Is, is, I'm sure they produced is, so many because they thought it was going to be a hit after the Wii that I'm sure there were a ton in warehouses that they're just like selling them as refurbished ones just to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now the one thing, now the one thing I will say about emulators and I'll shut up is, um, is be careful, be careful of emulators, especially with current consoles, because emulation, emulation and piracy is, is literally what killed the Dreamcast, the PSP. Um, there's another console out there. There's like there's like three or four consoles that the three DS emulation or the DS yeah. is pretty easy to crack open. Oh yeah, DS is very. That's what that's what got that's what got Nintendo all up in arms about this shit. They weren't really caring about NES and Super NES games, but when a DS started getting cracked, they started caring. I still think that's why they moved the release date up of the next console. Supposedly, it's be- why because of security, not because of popularity declining. I think it's because it's, of the security yeah, problem. It's a, I mean, I mean, is it really declining now? Like, 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 I just, I, I found out Nintendo Switch was like, no. was like number one again in NPD sales, that's, at least over in Japan. That's They're what declining I'm, over here. That's what I'm They're saying. Over here in the West. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like the console is still super popular and like they're going to put out a new system next year. Like that doesn't make sense financially unless you're afraid of the security problem. Which that could be it, but, you know. It's not that hard to find a launch a launch switch because everybody traded them in when the OLEDs came out or like uh, the lights came out, you know. So, holy moly, the analog dock is a hundred dollars. (laughs) Wow, spicy! Is it is it powerful? I mean. Does it wipe your ass and pick your nose? And... <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna ask those questions. I was just gonna ask, like, will it elevate your experience? Oh. Yeah, I had the specs up. Uh, one second, uh, but yeah, keep talking. Or we move. Um, with... I think we're done with this topic. I think so. Right. Well, I, well I, we... I, I'm done. Do I'm we... done. I'm, I'm done. 
I want to. I didn't. Even, I didn't even bash on the thing. You know, like because I think. I think going. Well, we into haven't this really talked about it yet. To be. No. <laughs> okay. All right. That, so okay, that is as true. we transition, true. so the dock has a 1080p HDMI output, Bluetooth, and 2.4G support for wireless controllers, two USB inputs for wired controllers, up to four-player support, DAC compatibility, and power dock. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You've said enough. That thing elevates oh. your experience. Okay. Like when, as soon as you said DAC, like you know, like basically, like okay, DAC, that's uh, that's that's stereo technology and stuff like that. So you can basically hook it up to where your receivers and stuff can pump it out to your sound systems and, and th- or sound bars and stuff like that. Yeah, like that right there. That right there is good. Wireless controllers, that's good. Um, and there was one other thing you said uh, at the very beginning, but all that's good. So yeah, I think that kind of justifies it. Hundred dollars. How do you fe- how do you feel about this in sixty four one Steph? Like for real? Because I know you're probably super interested in it. Yeah, I mean, I initially got excited just because it's my console I grew up with. I mean, whether or not I end up buying it depends. I still have my traditional Nintendo sixty four, and Laron does have did have a point back in our chat where, as much as I look very fondly at N sixty four and it was very revolutionary for its time, as far as how graphics have aged and just experiencing it currently it's pretty ugly do i really want a more enhanced ugly i don't know if i do but i do appreciate you know what analog is doing as far as providing a means of playing cartridges that people have that might not have a working in 64 anymore and an ability to play those funky chunky blocks so yeah, I think it's great. I just, unfortunately, I know this is, it's niche, right? It's going to be expensive, whether it's justified or not. It's going to be expensive and it's going to be hard to get. That, that's the down that for me. From a, a plain Jane knows nothing about technology standpoint. I bet it hovers around 300 or $350. I know that the NES one was, when it came out, was 200 and that was like 10 or 12 years ago. I mean, this um, is... This is a unique time period because, in general, I feel that the video game industry is still young compared to all the other industries that are out there, right? We're kind of hitting our first true wave of nostalgia because it's going to hit a lot of us older millennials. Um, And Laurent, even though he said, you know, uh, emulation is relatively inexpensive and you can watch a YouTube video. There's going to be plenty of me's out there that are kind of looking for, Hey, oh, yeah. I have two or three cardboard boxes, not me of Nintendo 64 games. What the hell am I going to do with it? <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah, I think, I think that the Nintendo 64 is, like I said, it's an important console to a lot of people. Um, Obviously, it didn't sell as well as Nintendo would have hoped, but, you know, nobody can deny how important Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Perfect Dark, and GoldenEye were to, like, the evolution of console stuff, right? So, uh, I mean, I know shooters were on PC, like, way before that with Wolfenstein and Doom and, you know, even stuff like Hexen and Quake, but, like, it's, in it's terms funny. of... What? Perfect Dark and GoldenEye basically birthed console game uh, console shooters mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's wild hold on we had doom 64 and doom on super nintendo <laughs> that was so niche i can't that even, was so niche i can't even keep it straight that was for people that was for people who could not carry their computers with them to like to like you know to like like 
like that, that's like military people. They couldn't just bring a computer with them to like a duty station and stuff. Yeah. So they had to have a console or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, you brought up another interesting point earlier, Laron, now that I'm kind of coming to my own personal conclusion about if Nintendo had a better selection of their N64 games in NSO, I probably wouldn't be looking so hard at analog. Um, that's the other thing too. I think I, I think I'm. I think it was like what a month ago. I asked like, what, what's the next roadmap for Nintendo's Nintendo's NSO? Mm-hmm. What's the next What's the next roadmap? You know, are they even? First of all, they rolled it out so damn late. You know, in the yeah. life of the console that you know it's like, it's like I almost feel like now like folks wasted their money buying into it. You know. Well, the thing is, the idea is that. Nintendo has finally created an account like at PlayStation ID or a gamer tag, right? Like that's the idea supposedly. And this is just going to roll over to the next console and they'll figure out. So also like most of the games we want to play on there are either owned by somebody else or are sold in collections, right? Like half the Nintendo 64 library was uh, rare and that's owned by Microsoft and they're all on rare replay. So I, well, I I can only hope so because like I can only buy a super Metroid so many more times i bought it on the wii mm-hmm. i bought it on the on, on the 3ds <laughs> yeah. you know uh legend of zelda link, link to the past i bought that multiple times on their virtual consoles you know and stuff like that you know um i i there's about there's about four or five like like old school games that i keep like and you know as long as i keep them at like that nice price you know like like for the longest time they're like five dollars now they're now they're getting now they're creeping up to almost 15 bucks well then that's kind of what it comes down to right because they're they're just because the n64 library and nso is relatively small now doesn't mean it's always going to stay that way like maybe nintendo has no problem taking their time and maybe eventually they'd work their way up maybe they develop that good relationship well, they already have one with Microsoft to get rare game, whatever. Like maybe down the line, the library will be chunky enough where that will be most Nintendo fans' means of consuming older Nintendo games. Um, but at least for now, it's this is why I kind of I'm, I'm you know analog has at least uh, caught my eye. So. I no. love I love that you I love that you said you know about like with Microsoft and Rare because I think I think Microsoft will bend over backwards to give Nintendo whatever they want because hey. Microsoft wants to buy Nintendo at, at a certain point yeah. and it's one of those things be nice be nice to me you know it's one of those it's one of those uh, those type of deals be nice to me because you never know what I'll do for you. You know. yeah. and, 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 you know, Nintendo isn't the best with the whole video game preservation to begin with. If you look at any other non-Nintendo game, most of the time you can find them on some platformer means to play it. Yeah, Sony, yeah, Sony doesn't come after motherfuckers you know well not that hard you know about emulation you know like i like i've, I've been keeping my eye on the whole wipeout thing because you know that company just dropped wipeout like as a, as a free-to-play web game and it's basically a remake of wipeout um and they even dared sony they're like hey like sony like make us take it down or or and make your own or leave us alone you know and stuff like that so it's kind it's kind of cool uh the fifth generation the fifth generation of video games though which ran from 93 to 2001 you know basically that was the saturn the playstation and nintendo 64 that's a it's a wonderful era of gaming but it's also the ugliest era of gaming i've ever i've ever experienced and that's and that's counting the fact that i played i I was old enough to play the experience the atari 2600 (laughs) You yeah. know, 
you know, but it was one of those, it was one of those, it was one of those, um, those growing pains that the gaming industry had to go through because like everything else that came, like people set up and paid attention when PS2 and the Xbox, you know, and the GameCube came out, you know, people sat back, people sat up and paid attention to that, you know, like the GameCube was probably the first system of Nintendo I took seriously since the Super Nintendo, you know, um, you know, the Wii, I fell for the gimmick. I fell for the gimmick, but I didn't think it was anything groundbreaking, you know, as far as graphics and stuff went, you know? Two GameCubes um, taped together. That's the joke. <laughs> I remember that saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, um, yeah. But ultimately, I'm going to keep my eye on this analog, on this analog 4K or whatever they're going to call it. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I just want to see, I just want to see how they pull it off, you know, and I want to see if it's going to be something that's, that's comparable because like there's a lot going for it, you know, and I also want to see what Nintendo's reaction is going to be to this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because like, because like this will act, this will literally bump into Nintendo's wallet because like Nintendo is actively putting in 60 in 64 games, like, you know, on, on a, on a current platform of theirs, Are they you know, actively, I mean, that's a you, know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You, hey, it got people to it got people to bump up uh, from fifteen dollars to thirty five dollars a year. You know, for for their service. <laughs> I uh... it did, it did, and you know, and, and it's wild because I sit there and think I was like, man, we we literally paid this we literally paid this money for Game Boy Advance, Game Boy, Sega Genesis, <laughs> and Nintendo sixty four. Mm-hmm. Did I miss one? Well, Game no, Boy Color, no Game Boy, Game Boy Color, yeah. Game Boy Advance. Yeah, well, Game Boy. I feel like Game Boy and Game Boy Color are still the same generation. They are. I would say that too. Yeah, it's the same because, like, if you put if you put a if you put a, a non Game Boy Color game into a Game Boy Color, it it, right. it actually puts colors on there. Yeah, and you can change the color palette at the start screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because, like, technically making these devices in emulation isn't illegal, but the the ROMs are. And so, if you're using the cartridges on a c- console that's not, you know, obviously in production, like if Analog went out and made like an like a PlayStation Five variant, right? They would be toast. Oof. But you know, Oof. Nintendo sixty four. Jim Ryan is- would come out of retirement to get them. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo 64. Jim Ryan's like one more round, boys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Daddy yeah. Jim, you know, I'm gonna miss Daddy Jim when he when he officially like like you know like steps out the office. I'm I'm gonna miss him. You know, like we're we're no longer gonna be able to say Daddy Jim and Uncle Phil are fighting. We're no longer gonna be able to say that. Yeah, yeah. So I forget what I was saying. Oh well. You, you were talking about like they'd be toast. I get excited. Oh. I, I love these. I love these conversations. I get excited. Right. So like, if you're using the cartridges that you already own, I don't. Th- I think Nintendo would be. You know, maybe Nintendo thinks this would be like a boon to their relevance. Not that the Switch hasn't done that already, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, people will get excited for Nintendo stuff, and maybe this will get either get people to bump up to whatever uh, NSO thing that they don't have already or I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That'd be an interesting topic though, is to discuss like what is coming next to NSO because I have a lot of theories on that, but Ooh. we'll save that for a different day. Okay. Yeah. Save that for the conversation. Yeah. Cause I have nothing, I have nothing that can contribute to that conversation. So I just want to sit back and listen to you guys. Um, yeah. So, all right, let's get into our final topic of the night. Uh, our favorite superhero games uh, and why we love them and uh, 
Yeah, I li- I listed about five. I ha- I probably have like closer to ten to talk about, but I just listed the five that I thought were the most kind of relevant for me at least. Uh, Pat, you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll go first with this one. Just wanted to say a final thing for the analog, though. As long as I can play Mystical Ninja starring Gomon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that that game, was the greatest N64 game ever. That game is uh, definitely like one of the more rare and more pricey ones if you want to still find a copy. I, I, I have both of the Gomans somewhere. Nice. I got to find them. Yeah, at the local uh, retro game store, I think the Mystical Ninja Goemon was $118. Jeez. Yikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Great game, though. Yeah. Anyway, superhero games. So I was thinking, you know, because Spider-Man 2 is coming out here in the next uh, next couple days, or it's already out by the time you listen to this, and it's uh, being told right now it's the most phenomenal, like the greatest superhero game ever made is what people are saying right now. So that's some pretty high praises. I was thinking, looking back at some of uh, my favorite games, and uh, I have to say I do enjoy the new uh, Spider-Man. I thought it is probably one of the best Spider-Mans out there um, to date. But there was another Spider-Man that really won my heart, and that was Spider-Man's Shattered Dimensions for the Xbox 360 and the PS3. I love this one. It's a more level-based Spider-Man, but you play as four different Spider-Mans. You can play as the Spectacular Spider-Man, Noir Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 2099, and um, the Ultimate Spider-Man, which was the symbiote style. Hmm. Um, and it, it, the thing I loved about this game is that each one of those Spider-Mans played very differently from the other one. And they brought like all the a class villains to this game. It's the main one was uh, Mysterio, but you had a doc. Ock, you had a green goblin. You had a hobgoblin. You had the Sandman. You even had hammerhead. Like you had all these different variations of the bad guys. One of the Spider-Mans, I think it was the ultimate Spider-Man was voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, which is awesome. Nice. Um, Deadpool was even in the game as one of the villains. And, you know, that was kind of before Deadpool was like really getting, uh, popular. Like I, I just really enjoyed this game. Just sounds the like whole, fun. yeah, just four different Spider-Mans that you can play as, and each one had its own style, such as, um, like for example, Spider-Man Noir was more of a stealth based Spider-Man. Uh, so you took your bad guys out, you know, stealthily uh but then like you know it, it i forget what some of the other specials were but it was cool um other ones that i have fond memories of is batman returns for the super nintendo i uh the, the reason i have fond memories of this is that it was one of the first few games that i had for the super nintendo so i played it regularly and I just remember, like, just trying to beat this game. And when I finally did beat that game, it was such a, it was such a good feeling because it it was a hard game, especially when you fought like Catwoman. Jeez, she was uh, she's vicious in that game. But it it was cool, you know. It, and Batman Returns is one of my favorite Batman's. I love the Tim Burton style. 
uh, to it. And then the uh, penguin had such a scary voice in that game. It was like, <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Um, but I say out of the new Batmans, I'm still very fond of Batman Arkham Asylum. To me, that one, like, it was the start of something great with Rocksteady. And I, again, I like it wasn't fully open world. Um, like if it was more level based on like a hub world, uh, but it had some great characters to it, um, and a fairly decent story. And it was nice to explore the Arkham grounds. Uh, and finally, uh, for a throw, like an interesting throw to the superhero games, Saints Row 4, I will consider a superhero game. That. My man, my man, <laughs> I, I I loved I love the Saints Row series, especially like three on. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at three on the games just got batshit crazy, and and four it's enjoyable. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> four, the Earth literally gets blown up, and the Saints get thrown into this computer uh, matrix like simulation, and in this computer simulation, they have superpowers. So you will literally go around flying around the world or like doing superhero landings and just like power up various superhero abilities. It like mm-hmm. just completely changed the whole sandbox Grand Theft Auto like style and just made it absolutely wacky, but still keeping the Saints Row um, touch such as uh, mascots that you can beat and giant purple dildos that you can swing. God, as well as God. racing down the uh, streets and um, yeah, wasn't cards being wait, pulled by uh, men in uh, <laughs> leather straps. Wasn't the wasn't the giant wasn't the giant dildo thing like that was that was a, like a pre order thing, like you couldn't just get that regular in the game. Like you had, no, to, like, I thought you had that to one like, was a regular. I, I thought the dubstep gun was a pre order. Oh, it was it was a, it was a dubstep gun. That's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. You could literally kill people with dubstep. Remember when they would send yeah. pre- uh, <laughs> preview coverage to people for that? They would send the game, the game or the code inside the the giant dildo bat. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, different times. You know, and that's still also one of my favorite weapons to use in um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. They also have a dildo, a dildo knife. Yikes! That you can yeah, like, they do. Beat yes, people. yes, yes, mm-hmm. they do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was. It's a non-lethal weapon, but it's still like just fun to beat up. Like the fact that you, the fact that you could just shank somebody with a dildo knife. <laughs> yep. But yeah, those those would be five uh, five superhero games that I particularly enjoyed growing up. Nice, Leron. Um. Okay. So. Um. So I've I've got I've got two that I want to just just point out. Um. Uh, and that that would be the original X Men game for the Sega Genesis. Um, now I'm a big X Men fan, so I played a lot of the a lot of the X Men games that have come out over time. One one real thing about me though, like um, like I'm one of those people like I don't really play I don't really play a lot of licensed games, and by license I mean games games made off of other uh, off of other IPs, like you know original stuff. So so like I'm kind of a hard sell. So like you know like when I play certain games that like stand out, like you know like like spider-man for example in ps4 or you know um or 
or like Marvel's Ultimate Alliance or Batman Arkham Asylum, you know, stuff like that. You know, like it's really got to be something that just looks good and fun to me. Like, uh, like the uh, the original Spider Man game, the the first one Activision did for PS One fucking amazing i loved it you know uh it had that right type of cheesiness too uh you know peter parker had all his quips that you would expect and stuff like that like uh like um and you know what was funny is like the ground was literally lava in that game like Mm -hmm. you like you could only swing through the city and and do your stuff on like high rises or like going underground and like in like in like the sewers and stuff like that they they did not do a map texture mapping for the streets so like you so if like you you went below a certain threshold of the uh, web swinging you died mm-hmm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was it, that's how zany it was but i mean you know that um but going back to x-men for sega genesis you know what that was just a fun that was just a fun game it was it was a game that was basically like you know and this is not this wasn't a port of like the x-men arcade game from back in the day uh-huh. the one where six people could play mm-hmm. at one at one cabinet you know uh this was literally a two-player game you plug two controllers into the uh, into the uh, sega if, if you had a friend that wanted to play with you and stuff like that uh but nine times out of ten you just played by yourself because like it was also one of those games where like where like where like your 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 co-op friend like if your co-op friend is lagging behind and you move fo- too far forward, you can fall off a cliff because like they were lagging behind and you lose a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when and when and when your characters died in the X Men game, because um there was one two three four, once there were six different X Men that you could play with, uh-huh. or maybe I just remembered X-Men. Nightcrawler and Cyclops. Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. Cyclops, Storm. Um, Wolverine had to been in it. Uh-huh. Wolverine, Wolverine was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was I think there were six. Now that I think about it. Uh, are you, wait, are you talking about the arcade game or the Genesis game still? Genesis, the Genesis game. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine was definitely in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, well, like, if you fell off, of, if you fell off a cliff or whatnot. Like, Jean Grey would be the one to levitate the next character in. It was, <laughs> it was wild, you know, stuff like that, you know. Uh, but it was fun because, like, you know, like, um, it actually had a pretty decent story to it. You know, actually, it actually felt like some people who like knew what they were doing with the comics. You know, like was was behind the story. I can't say the same thing for the second X Men game that came out in Genesis. That one was a little. That one was off. You know. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, the four were uh, Gambit, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Gambit. Cyclops. Gambit. Okay, so it was yep. four characters. I thought there was six. I thought there were six you could play with. No, like, there were more in it, but those were the ones that you could choose. Like Storm yeah, was in it. Yeah, but just going back and forth to like places like the Savage Land, uh, Mojo's Murder World, um, Aster- Asteroid M. No, not Asteroid M. Uh, whatever Magneto's base was on the moon, that one. Um, also, um, also uh, Sh- uh, Shi'ar. Um, yeah, that was that was cool. Um, Shi'ar, the Shi'ar's homeworld and stuff like that. It was just it was just fun, you know. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, and that's that's when I have really fond memories of. And that's like an early experience of like of like superhero gaming, you know, for me. Um, but uh, I think the next, I think the next game I well and truly enjoyed that was a superhero game was Infamous for PS3. Mm. As a matter of fact, I'm just gonna say the Infamous series, Infamous mm-hmm. One, Two, and Festival of Blood. You know, like that was good because like that's a game where you actually created you forgot your Second own. Son. Yeah, and First Light. I didn't like. I didn't like Second Son that much, and I and I really wasn't feeling First Light. I, like, I didn't. Okay, let's put it this way: I didn't like Second Son enough to actually want to beat the game, so I put the game down. Um, that was the very first game I've ever platinumed. Uh, a Second Son. Yep. Okay. Well, let me ask you: this. Was it worth it? Uh, for platinum, it wasn't bad. I, the uh-huh. 
the bad the bad playthrough, you know, felt really forced, but overall I enjoyed that game. Yeah. But I haven't well, really played one or two. Okay, so. well that was the unique gimmick to, to like to like Infamous. When Infamous first mm-hmm. came out, like you know, like it was one of those games where like you basically sculpted your own hero or your own villain and stuff like that. Because you had like the karma mechanic where basically where basically like there was no straddling the line. You couldn't be like you couldn't you can't be like how you, how Shepard is in Mass Effect, which Shepard might as well be a superhero as well, in my opinion. But you couldn't be like Shepard, where like you could literally straddle the line and be you know be between Paragon and uh, and um, and uh, Renegade. You were you were one or the other in Infamous, mm-hmm. like whatever whatever your choices whatever your choices picked like basically ran you into like one side or the other. So you were either a good you were either uh, you were either what was it called? An Avenger or Chaotic? That's you know? cool. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So, and, and, you know, and, and so, and, and the crazy part is like, there are certain things that could completely fuck up like your karma, you know, like you could do one thing, like you could, you could have the highest karma of one side and you could do one thing and it would immediately switch you over to the opposite karma. <laughs> so you so you literally had to play by the rules that you set for yourself and stuff like that, you know, or you or you could literally do damage to to like your your overall like like reputation and stuff like that, which is cool because I mean you know like some people didn't give a fuck about about their reputation they wanted to be the bad guy or some people really want to be the good guy and do the right thing and stuff like that and um but infamous but the cool thing about infamous's story though is like it basically was the birth of a superhero um like like uh like you know um. Pat, you never played a game, but basically uh, the first game, basically what happens is like when you press start on the game, you see this big explosion that like damn near wipes out the city that, you, that, mm-hmm. that you're going to be in and stuff like that. And your character is at the center of it. And then you have to piece together like what's going on and stuff like that. Um, and like there's time travel involved and all sorts of and all sorts of stuff. And and this stuff actually carries over to the second game. Like like um, like not so much like what your choices are and stuff like that carry over to the second game. But the second game is actually a continuation with those same characters, you know, as you go through and it continues the storyline. Um, and that storyline finishes and that storyline finishes overall in the second infamous game. Now festival of blood was fun, but, uh, uh, but festival of blood was basically like a side, a, a side mission that was stuck in the middle of the second infamous game. But hmm. yeah, like, Infamous was fun. As a matter of fact, it was the first game. It was the first PS3 game that I ran, that I ran on emulator when I got the Rogue Ally. It was the first one. I was like, like, uh, like I, I was like, man, I really want to come back to this because like you can't play it on any on any console right now on any modern PlayStation console right now. So yeah, that's it for me. Um. All right. Well, Stephanie, do you want to talk about any games before before I go? Yeah, I'll be quick. Um. The only real major one, or yeah, superhero game I've ever played was Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm not sure why I don't have a deep history of playing superhero games, because as a kid, I grew up watching the animated Batman show and X-Men and stuff like that, and I, I love Marvel, at least the first generation of Marvel, then I got marveled out, but... Um, I don't know. I guess fate never really aligned with me when it came to superhero games, but I did love Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It was just a lot of fun. Um, I There's something that um, I really connected with Star-Lord with. I mean, not that I have his personality at all, probably the opposite, but I just liked how he's 
he's a superhero, but he's also just he's a well, he's half human being, but like he looks <laughs> like a human being. He's kind of like a you know with a, a fuck up or like not like your typical hero's personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I appreciate, and I like the the different team members that you have. You could make some decisions. It was just a very fun game um, where I didn't feel necessarily overpowered. Which sometimes maybe I can feel if I'm in the in the mindset of a superhero. Um, and then it just rem- you know reminded me when you guys were talking about Batman. I technically played the Telltale game for Batman, and I I really did like that. Um, that was a good one. Yeah like it was very good quality so um so for the few experiences that i had they were good ones um i am very much looking forward to whenever the wolverine game eventually comes out because i know that i will for sure be playing that one yes wolverine that's like that's been my most anticipated playstation game since it was announced (laughs) i know just waiting and Uh, waiting all you saw was a trailer i know but uh, like I know this is a generic answer, especially for people who grew up like in the '90s and like late '80s. But Wolverine is my favorite Marvel character, and uh, oh, I forgot to put that game on my list. Oh well, I'll talk yeah, about I'm it. like I feel like you should have Wolverine uh, X Men Origins yeah, on here. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk about that. I totally spaced on that, uh, but yeah. So my my favorite superhero games, I guess. Uh, X-Men the arcade game is the is like the best. It's the best brawler, and I'm really sad that it's not backwards compatible. Uh, I actually plugged in my Xbox 360 like a, probably a year ago to play it because it was so fun. But it's only fun with uh, the six the six player cabinet is the ultimate version of that game. Uh, they made a four and a six player cabinet, but Wolverine is awesome in that game. Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Storm. Uh, I think Colossus is a playable character. I forget. Yep, who the six, I forget who the sixth character is. I think it's. I think it's Rose. Dazzler. 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 Right. Dazzler. Uh, I was always, dude. I was always Wolverine, and if I couldn't be Wolverine, I usually went to Cyclops. Uh, but man, that game is I, awesome. I was a Cyclops and Storm person, even though, even though I will say Wolverine had the best close up, like like melee combo. Yeah, man. The swipes <laughs> with like the lasers coming out of the. Those, yeah <laughs> which is totally not a wolverine move but i liked it anyway um <laughs> uh, it's funny though because i actually came to like storm later like i really like i really loved the x-men when i was younger and i just was always drawn to wolverine and professor x and you know that was that was my jam growing up but like I honestly it was probably the movies and that halle berry was storm and like i had a huge crush on halle berry uh <laughs> I had a huge crush on Halle Berry, but I did not like most of those X Men movies. I did oh, not. Man, I did dude. not like the first one, and, the, and the, the fact that they gave her like the one of the worst fucking lines ever in that movie. Yeah, I mean, but the fact is, is like we never had any movies like that growing up. Like, obviously, Marvel is like thirty-five movies a year now and eight hundred TV shows. But like back then, like getting an X Men movie was like such a novel idea. Granted, it there was the it, yeah. They don't hold up. It was right. They, I mean, they they clearly don't hold up as well as like you would want them to. But man, those movies just oh, brought back so many like good feelings when those movies came out. Uh, X two is awesome though. 
Uh, X two was was a much better movie than than the, than the original X Men was. Yeah, that's true. I I actually I'm, think I, First Class is probably the best one, in my opinion. First Class. See, I have, yeah. I have, I, I I'm very I'm very conflicted about First Class. First Class was a great movie. It mm-hmm. was, but the fact the fact that they the fact that they used four different generations of X Men and this was mm-hmm. supposed to be like the, the X Men that existed oh, in the sixties oh, that was the wildest shit. I was like, what were y'all thinking? Oh, I know. I like it. Th- clearly doesn't follow first class at all right but like they just mm-hmm. called it first class because it was like that soft reboot but then they merged them anyway with uh days of future days past. past yeah i love how days of future past retcon you everything. know <laughs> yeah everything and then they fucked it up again i know yes <laughs> yes Dude, apocalypse and dark phoenix are like they're i th- apocalypse is at least watchable but dark phoenix is terrible I wanted yeah, I to like Dark Phoenix so much. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, X-Men the Arcade Game. Great one. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is also on my list. I really was surprised at how much I really liked that game because I don't care for the movies, actually. Um, but, yeah, that like you said, Star-Lord is just like a lovable goof who, like, try it, very clearly you see probably a third of the way through the game he just wants to do the right thing, and even if he has to break some rules to do it, you know, and uh, the scenes with his mom also kind of soul crushing. Uh, uh, the Batman Arkham games are also on here, mostly Asylum and Origins. Um, really love those games a lot. It's interesting how you chose Origins. A lot of people, including Warner Brothers, likes to pretend that game didn't exist. I know, and I'm really mad. And it's only backwards compatible on Series X if you have the disc. Mm-hmm. And the disc is costs like $80 now. <laughs> so... No, I bought that disc uh, two years ago, yeah. like four bucks. Yeah, um, I think Spider-Man, like replaying it this past week, maybe it's recency bias. I don't know, but I, I think that that's just like it's the next level of what superhero games should be. Like the way that Arkham Asylum was, probably what fifteen years ago at this point. Um, it's it's really great. I'm really excited to see what Insomniac does with Wolverine. Um, also X-Men legends on the original Xbox one and two were like, if you played ultimate Alliance at all, like this was like the precursor to ultimate Alliance. Um, Mm -hmm. just really good. There's also a fighting game rise of the imperfects, which was, was okay. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and then the game that's not on my list that totally should have been on this. It probably would have replaced Spider-Man actually is uh, X-Men origins Wolverine. Where, like, the movie was terrible, and then the movie got delayed for reshoots and stuff. And so the game was supposed to come out with the movie, and they had, like, eight months of polish time for that game. And the cool thing about it was, like, when you get injured, you don't really have a health bar, but your skeleton starts to show. And, like, Mm -hmm. your body parts start to show as you get damaged. And, and, uh, like, you would regen, but the thing is, is like your shirt would still be have like huge holes in it and destroyed and ripped. Uh, and then there's a lot of cool Wolverine costumes in that game too. And that dimension was uber violent. Oh yeah, it was super violent. Everybody was like shocked that I got an M rating, and then when you play it, like you realize, oh, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he literally rips limbs off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. That game was awesome. I wish that game was backwards compatible. I'm su- I'm surprised neither of you guys mentioned Prototype. Ah, I've never played I've prototype. never actually played Prototype. The poor man's infamous, they say. 
It, that, yeah, that's what it was, but it, but it, it had a fun factor to it. Yeah. It's, no, uh, I didn't have a uh, PS3. That bundle is uh, 14 bucks on Xbox right now for one and two. Although I heard two was not very good. The cool thing, though, is like all these old, like 360 era, they're all made by Activision. <laughs> so, yeah. And now Microsoft owns them. So they get all come to Game Pass if Microsoft went to Marvel. Well, well remember, before, before it was Activision, it was Midway yeah. that made all these games. Oh, man, Midway. Yeah. Man. Would they still be able to if they don't hold the uh, rights anymore? Well, that's what I'm saying. They would have to go to Marvel. Yeah. But they Hasbro, speaking of Activision games, has already stated that they would like to give Microsoft the license to bring back the Transformers games and like the GI Joe games. I was just, I was just I was just thinking when you said Hasbro, I was thinking, are you going to talk about Transformers or GI Joe? Yeah, man, Fall, uh, Fall of Cybertron was so good, man. War for I Cyber- heard it was a good game. War- I heard it was a good game, but those mm-hmm. Michael Bay movies attainted me so much that I could not play a, a single Transformers game. There's not. I mean. The, these I know are, they're not. I know they're not. I, I know now they're not related. They play more like Gears of War, actually. Except for the uh, one made by Platinum. Well, yeah, I don't care. Fall of Cybertron was on what system? 360 and PS3. Okay, thanks. Yep. Thanks. I have to look that one up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I remember I would, that. I would play War for Cybertron first because it's the first one, and then Fall of Cybertron. See, now, now War for Cybertron. War for Cybertron. And actually, uh, there should be canon involved in that one. There is. Well, Fall of Cybertron's okay. a sequel. Okay. So War for Cybertron. Fall of Cybertron, and then they did the one Rise of the Dark Spark, which was uh, where they merged the Cybertron series with the movie universe, and it was interesting. Uh, not nearly as good, but interesting, I'll say. But uh, yeah, superhero games, man. They're they're fun sometimes. They're fun sometimes. They've uh, they done good. We've got a few slip ups like the Avengers and maybe uh, uh, maybe the future Suicide Squad. Yeah, <laughs> if they Gotham continue Knight. to keep it as a live yeah. service. Gotham Knights apparently is not amazing. Uh, but the thing it's, with the Avengers uh, though is like we, we wanted Gotham Knights to be amazing though. That's the sad part. I know, man. That's that story of Gotham that game Knights, sounds so cool. Gotham Knights had every like it was literally like it was like it was like they could have wrote a blank check. Like that's how. That's how that's how much it had going for it. I know. I know, man. Uh, the thing about the Avengers, though, just to go back to what Pat was saying, like that campaign, the single player campaign was actually very good. It just inserted the multiplayer aspects into it like you didn't want it there, but it was still part of the story. And then you had to play it and then you had to play the multiplayer stuff to level up and get better equipment to continue the story. And it, that was just like the worst part of so bad, mm-hmm. man. And then what sucked is that, you know, it's like, what was the point of all the different equipment? Because you never saw it on your character. What you mean? You didn't see Hulk's purple ribs. No like legendary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love to have seen Hulk's purple ribs. <laughs> But no, instead we get a skin of like a slightly different shade of Hulk. <laughs> bearded Hulk. Remember Bearded Hulk? Yeah. Oh, I wish man. I knew. No, I don't wish I knew all the Hulk's names. Mm. I don't know. Well, guys, 
I think we're going to wrap it up there because we've been going for almost two hours and we still have another show to record. So any final thoughts on superhero games and uh, any recommendations for people that are kind of playable on modern systems? Remake Shout Superman 64. <laughs> Just kidding. Please don't. Oh, no. Yeah, I recommend Spider-Man. But you know what's uh, a nice overlooked superhero game? Any of those Lego ones. Mm, yeah, the Lego ones. Are those fun. are actually pretty damn fun. Yeah. Shout out to all the Capcom uh, superhero fighter games. Yeah. X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Yeah. X-Men Children of the Atom, Marvel Superheroes, uh, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter, <laughs> Marvel vs. <versus> Capcom, Capcom. <laughs> Tatsunoko vs. <not> Capcom. <laughs> yeah, but not three. Oh, man. Good times, man. Good times. Tatsunoko vs. Capcom was good because they had freaking uh, – well, uh, Battle of the Planets, who uh, like who, who are the who's the American? What's the American name for Battle of the Planets? I've never even heard of Battle of the Planets. It's, it's World anime. Uh, what's it? Oh. What was it called? Battle of the Planets. Um, crap. Dragon Ball. No, 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 no. Hold on, Avatar. Hold on. <laughs> Dragon Ball Super. Shut up. Dragon oh Ball GT. God. They actually had superheroes in those. I mean, yeah, those are. I mean, those are also. Uh, Anyways, what was it? U.S. version Sailor Moon. Hold on, what was it? Mm. Battle of the Planets. Oh, what were they called? Mm. Oh, Battle of the Planets is the American. Uh, is the American name of oh. it? That's funny. I thought they were called something else. I'm gonna call you something else. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna thank everybody for watching Sign and listening. <laughs> listening to this Sign off. episode <laughs> of the Boss Rush Podcast. So you can find it every Monday on your podcast service of choice. You can support this show and other programs by going to our Patreon. Uh, you can check the link in the show notes. And uh, Stephanie, Laron, Pat, thank you for your time tonight. Appreciate it. Thank Always you. Always a pleasure. Good night. Uh, Everybody well, to think. the fa- to yeah. fans, to our <laughs> listeners, not to us. Uh, until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. 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 If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support.